So I'm sitting here with Karen Randall of the famous Randall's Farm Grocery and Farm in Ludlow, Massachusetts. And Karen and I are sitting here in my favorite haunt, Center Square Grill in East Lime Meadow, Massachusetts, the booming metropolis of East Lime Meadow, Massachusetts. And you can see Center Square Grill here where you can get the best steak, seafood, pasta, friendship, good cheer. And it's kind of the same thing when you walk into Randall's. There's just this energy, there's this family spirit. But I was thinking uh, in talking with you today, like what possesses somebody to go into a business where everything's a perishable? It's, there's like a clock. I was thinking about this morning. There's a clock on everything, almost everything you sell in that store, whether it's plants, it's something, tomatoes, cucumbers, turkey meat. It's a way of life, Charlie. You know, I didn't know how to sell anything different. I grew up in a family farm, yeah. farm stand. You grew, we used to grow... Uh, tons of vegetables. My father was uh, a crop farmer, vegetable crop farmer and greenhouse grower and entrepreneur and built a big farm stand in 1962 when he was 30 years old. So wow. as a family, we grew up selling fruits and vegetables, picking fruits and vegetables, having pick your own strawberries. And yeah. it, it's a way of life. So it wasn't a choice. It was, um, it was a choice to continue, but it wasn't a choice what you're going to sell. This is what we sold. This is where our customer base was. Um, you know, we sold fruits and vegetables and were open seven days a week before grocery stores were open seven days a week. And flowers and plants evolved over the years into a bigger and bigger department. Uh, and what we sell today is we sell what people want, um, which... You know, it does. It has. I used to say I wanted to sell cars or refrigerators or something that didn't spoil. And then you go through different little recession periods and you're really glad that you're selling something people need <laughs> or that you're making uh, homemade ice cream yeah. because ice cream, I mean, that, ice cream is happy. Right. How did that start? That was like one because of those. Because you got the um, whole building there. Well, there's a lot of stories. Uh <laughs> We like stories here it, at Business and Boots. Well, when when the new store that's 22 years old um, was built, uh, that actually was a, a piece of land that was filled, you know, all within the farm and created the site. And we were going to sell a few pies and a few cookies uh, in addition to flowers and plants and fruits and vegetables. And then we had the old store. So what do you do with the old store? So some people said, oh, you should tear it down. You need parking. You need visibility. Get it out of the way. And now I've built a new store. And I know what the cost is of building square footage is. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, we're not going to tear this down. And in Ludlow, there used to be a dairy bar called Miller's Dairy that was from a real dairy down by um, the Turnpike. There's a little hotel there now. And they made ice cream and they were famous Miller's Dairy Bar and they had Hortense the Cow. And uh, Chuck Milroy, who is still a part of Randall's farm, was working on the store and kind of the new store, some of the little details of it uh, 
with me and um, Jim Miller. They were doing a lot of uh, little finished stuff, you know, building counters and things like that. And Chuck and I started talking about Miller's Dairy and how we, I always wanted to have homemade ice cream. It's one of those things like you talk about it and it happens. Mm. And then uh, we just decided, okay, we're going to make the old store an ice cream store. And Chuck went to Penn State and took the ice cream short course in January. They had a short course at Penn State. Wow, everybody should take the short course. January of um, 98. Uh-huh. He took the ice cream short course at Penn State and learned how to make ice cream. Wow. And all the famous ice cream makers have gone there. Uh, ben, ben and Jerry. Jerry. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody really? goes to Penn State, takes uh-huh. the ice cream short course. So is this and it's like in January. Capital ice cream now that we have? No, that's no. just a sidebar. No, no. I was having a conversation with somebody in the food business, you know, Whole Foods and Ben and Jerry's and Conscious no, Capital. No, no. This is just this is good old. Uh, this is just good old fashioned ice, ice cream. cream. And it, it we don't take any political wicked stands, good. you know. We, it is wicked good. You got to go. We 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 our goal is you know, serve make the food. customer happy. You yeah. know, make good ice cream mm. and. Um, so we make our own ice cream there. You do. Um, so that was in, that started in, uh, we opened that in June of 98. We opened the existing store in August of 97. Wow. So it's been 20 years you've had the ice cream. Yeah. Wow. 21 years. Wow. That's yeah. a success story. Yeah. And um, 16% butterfat, uh, same mm. same base. We take all, you know, mm. we take out the calories. Uh, <laughs> just leave the fat. Yeah, have the calories. Um, and we use, you know, great ingredients, and we make it all in small batches there. Yeah. So all the regular ice cream is made there at the store in small batches. But so what we've done is we've kind of an- tried to answer all customer needs. I guess I started on ice cream saying ice cream is happy. So p- selling perishable things. When you go through recessions where things stop selling, like cars and refrigerators and furniture, and you're selling something people need, like something to eat, yeah, uh, then you're happy that you're selling something perishable. <laughs> and you've been through We've all been through, these ups and downs. Yeah, yeah, 89, you know, 89, my father had died in 87. That's wow. when I got my... Uh, MBA on my feet. You know, I didn't go to school. I learned quickly um, what I didn't know about margins and uh, business. And I, I learned a lot. Because you were saying earlier, I mean, you studied to be a I was, kindergarten yeah. teacher. Yeah, I was in it. I was. Uh, Where'd you go to school? University of Massachusetts. And then you ended up in Kennebunkport because we were talking about that. Yeah. And you were going to be. I was uh, going to teach kindergarten, and uh, I came home, started helping out. It was a busy season by the time I got my first phone calls for an interview, and I never left the family business. Wow. So let's go back a little bit in time. How did the farm even get started? What's the How history? How did the farm get started? Yeah, what's the history of okay. Randall's farm? My grandfather. Came over? From where? No. My no. grandfather was from England. Uh-huh. Uh, his family was from England. They came over, they had a paint store, a long line of entrepreneurs, uh, a paint store on Center Street in Ludlow. Uh, my grandfather had a Hudson dealership. Randall's paint store? Yep. He had, a, he had a Hudson dealership. Hudson? Yep. Wow. In Ludlow. 
And then, you don't happen to have one in a shed somewhere. Oh, no, no hiding Hudson's. Um, what a great car. And then they had a turkey farm when my father was a little boy at the site of where Randall's is now and where my mom lives. Um, they raised turkeys during World War II. Um, they had a turkey farm. And then my father and his brothers raised poultry and chickens and eggs, basically. Mm. And there were a lot of those type of operations in our area in the 50s. Back when there wasn't a lot of regulation and compliance. And chickens then, could run around and... Well, free-range chickens. I mean, they were free-range. We had range houses. Well, we had... Like, um, isn't it amazing today? You know, now we've gone thing. like the other way. Right. We had range houses where the chickens were out on the range. They grew out there. They had little nest boxes in the barn where they laid their eggs. And you went through and picked their eggs. And I was Simple. a little, little kid um, when that started to come to an end, like in the early 60s. That ended in 1960. My father built his first fruit stand or, you know, they called it a fruit stand. So then, why, why, did then, stand. why did he go from chickens uh, to... Because that business was, I guess, dying or, or yeah. oversaturated. Yeah. They used to deliver, the, he used to deliver eggs all over the valley. And when he delivered eggs, he would bring home things like apples and cider and things like that and sell them out in front of... Um, the house that he lived in, which is like three houses down the street from where the store is now. And it, it was a little roadside stand. It was uh, potatoes and apples and cider and eggs that they produced and fresh chicken that they sold. And he got out of that and started growing vegetables. Okay. Um, when the chickens went, vegetables came in. We grew strawberries for 40 years wow. from like 1970. Now, did he... Did he buy up the land that was there? Well, the or? land was family land. Okay, well, that was My grandfather the... owned all that land. Okay. And then he bought it from his brothers yep. and they had other entrepreneurial um, enterprises. And he farmed that piece of land that you see uh, behind the store now. And then he built the first store, which is now Elsie's Creamery, the ice cream store. Mm -hmm. In uh, 1962, he was 30 years old. Wow. And he added on to that a lot, Did and went into different enterprises, greenhouses and things like that. Um, a lot of farm stories started with, they produced eggs or they raised pigs or something. Then they started growing vegetable crops. A lot of farms went into greenhouse crops, which we did some of that too. And then um, when he died in 1987, he was young, he was 54. We mm. had greenhouses full of plants and um, things ready to go in the field. And we kept doing those things. Um, my mom and I, uh, up until, you know, still. So what was it about Karen that had her step up and say, I'm I'm taking charge of this, and I'm running this, and I'm going to build this. I don't what think it that? was a conscious. It was, um, you know, when somebody dies in a short amount of time, and you don't plan on them dying. Right, totally and unexpected. My mom and I were the key employees. It was a small operation, and my dad and I had looked at. I had dragged him to other um, farm market type 
businesses all over the Northeast. And we were talking about expanding and changing. He was in his 50s, so he's thinking, okay, how am I going to change what I'm doing? I'm working way too hard at what I'm doing. Um, he wanted to grow more greenhouse things than get away from the retail. And he said, okay, um, you, can, you can deal with the retail end of things. Uh, so my mom and I, now we are, it's April of 1987, it's Easter, and we just kept running things. Like, what are you gonna stop doing? You know, we, we sold Christmas trees and we had greenhouse crops and we had field crops and a retail store. And we just continued and I thought, okay, what are we gonna stop doing? Well, instead of stopping to do, doing anything, uh, you know, then you go seven years ahead and we're doing the same thing. We've kind of outgrown our building and um, talking about, okay, are we gonna, we're gonna get out or are we gonna get bigger? And I jumped in both feet and got bigger uh, out of, I don't know. It was what I knew. It was what I knew how to do. Sounds like you were like I kind of studied pushing, it. pushing dad anyways, right? Well, that direction. I was pushing him, but you know, you, you didn't push him. He, you know, my dad was his own guy and um, very smart entrepreneur. Like he didn't go to college. His, his dad wanted him to be a veterinarian. Um, he was smart, but he wanted to work. And that's what he did. So they built a great business together and I just took it to the next step. What would you say are the people that influence you most? Your dad, Ness? My dad, definitely. Yeah. Um, How? Just by example, you know, really. Um, hard work. Hard work. You know, the family. I mean, and I look to other people in business and try to, you know, say, I want to aspire to be better. So who were the like when you were thinking about, you know, building uh, this? I did, a, I, I did like this little informal survey of people that yeah. I knew that I thought were successful. And it was on a very small scale, very local. Um, my dad had a friend that um, ran the gravel bank up the street that was a very shrewd businessman uh -huh. and was a good friend of my father's and kind of um, he he said, of course you can do that. And I'm like, you believe I can do that? Because uh, he believed in me, yeah. I believed in myself. Yeah. And I talked to um, Howard Atkins, Atkins Farm. He was an elderly right. man at the time delivering peaches to my loading dock. And I said, you know, if you were me, what would you do? Would you add on to this store? Would you build a new store? I remember having that conversation with him, probably like, 90, 1994. Yeah. And he said, I built a new building. He said, just, you know, just do it. And um, wow. different people that I knew in business that I thought, okay, they're successful. What do they think? Yep. And most people were very um, like, go for it. And some people, a couple detractors, like it's not broken. Don't fix it. You know, you don't, you don't want to break it now. Rock the boat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. what, do, what do you want to change it for? It's mm. good the way it is. Yeah. Um, so, but you got, and so how did the, I mean, you had to convince the bank. It wasn't a small well, loan. It was farm credit bank. Yeah. And my poor still. loan officer, he sweated and sweated and sweated <laughs> over it because, um, having, having been involved with two banks, they I'd have to hear had, this. well, 
Farm Credit Bank is a very conservative bank, yeah, yeah. but it's a great bank to do business with. Okay. Um, I knew, I, I had commercial banks that wanted to lend to me at the time, like people that saw what was happening. And I knew that no matter what happened, if I succeeded or failed, Farm Credit would ride it out with me to the end. You know, they would never call my loan. They would work with me. Right. So I ended up going with Farm Credit Bank. But my poor loan officer, I was all full of ideas. I mean, I had sat down with my accountant and done a business projection. And like I said, I got my MBA on my feet. You know, I had no idea <laughs> what any of these things were right. supposed to be. And we did, you know, projections and we were pretty close. Um, except expense wise, you know, we got into it and we're like, Whoa, we, you know, well, we didn't think is, this was going to happen this is more than I thought. It's always more. It's always more. It's always more. It's always more. We just but, did this building over here in East Limeto and it was like, Oh, but you know, I worked, more. my building was not out of boundary at all. My building was right in budget. Ah. My building was great. Um, I worked with a great, uh, design build associated builders. Yeah, it was like, great. they were like a dream come true. Yep. They still, if I call them up today, 22 years later and say, yeah, what Mike, do I do about Mike, this? Mike's still there, right? Builder brother? Yes. Yeah. yeah. If I call, call them up and say, what do I do about this? They say, okay, you know, contact so-and-so or we'll send somebody over to look at that. Um, so I, I worked, I was very fortunate, Charlie. I, I met great people. I worked with great people. Um, and I've hired excellent people, mm. you know. And, wow, and it's tough in a retail. Meet great people, work with great people, hire great people. There's a formula for business success right there. Wow. And in a retail business, that's a low margin, low paying business. It's a tough thing to do. It is. Especially in Massachusetts, in today's economy. It's hard to compete for and talent. The discerning customer. And you've got, let me see, Walmart's in the food business. You got big Y family business right around you. You got super stop and shops. You, got, you know, I was also thinking today because being here in East Meadow, I mean, you're in Ludlow, but I remember like Dick Bean was over here with B&B Market. I don't know if you knew Dick yes. Bean really well. I didn't know him well, but I knew he was him. a good friend. And I actually went into the cattle business with him a year before he went belly up. And I just remember him, you know, he had this great story. He had 500 head of sheep around. He had the cattle, the market, the meat, you know, hardworking. And then there was Big Y and there was squeezing him. It's a very... And yet he didn't survive. And you've not only survived, you've thrived. We've changed. We've changed. That's, I call that thriving. And, and it's allowed us to thrive. I mean, I have great people. My sisters came on board... Um, in 96 and 97, when I was just building the new store and opening the new store. And they're the keys to, we all grew up with the same work ethic. Mm. And I call it a sickness. You know, you, you don't, you want to stay till everything's done. You work too much. Um, you're always there. But like you said, everything we sell is perishable. Right. So it has to be managed correctly. Yeah. And I have excellent employees. I have people who came on board with me in 1997 when I opened that are still with me today as full-time people, as managers. Then I have people who started with me like when their kids were like part-time jobs, when their kids were in school yeah. and they work for me today, 30 years later. So 
I've been, you know, blessed, very, very fortunate. Mm. Um, when I built the new store, I had two goals, happy customers and happy employees. And I'd and like succeeded. to think that I've succeeded oh, in doing yeah. that. Yeah. Um, plus, you know, we're, we've diversified and we haven't done anything. I'm conservative by nature in what I'm going to do, any new ventures. I haven't done anything that I didn't think, okay, this is going to work. And we have lots of ideas and I'm like, okay, give me the business plan for that. How much is it going to cost? How many so people is, is it going to take? That you did that you knew in your heart of hearts, eh, this isn't going to work, but I'm going to do it. Not really. Oh, that's wild. That's Not great. Really. I mean, I've had things that haven't worked, like, but they've brought things to the business. I've hired different people to have key roles, people from outside the company. Yep. And maybe they didn't last or it didn't develop the way I wanted it to, but they brought great, uh, ideas or helped us develop ideas or helped us fine tune like financial things, things that we look at that we didn't look at before have have changed my mind about things, um, about how I looked at things. Even if somebody inside who's very close to me was telling me we should do this and I'd be like, "Eh." and then somebody else you bring in says we should do this. So now you have two people saying we should do this, then go ahead and do it. Um, you know, one thing, you know, we have a license to pour alcohol, okay, that I bought three or four years ago. I didn't know that. Yes. I have not developed that. I started a little bit on one night a Let's week. Let's start <laughs> <laughs> I started one night a week uh, with Bill's Garden um, two summers ago. Bill's Garden Bar. My father would love to have an entity named after him, wow. especially a bar. Wow. And uh, we started in the greenhouse on Thursday nights. Um, just serving cocktails, let people buy food in the deli and come over and eat in the greenhouse. Um, and have they been doing it? it? We did it one season. Uh-huh. And then we just have been using it for um, when we have a workshop or something, we can serve wine, you know, like we include a glass of wine and then you can buy drinks. So yeah. just we've used it just for select little events. I haven't we haven't really developed the idea yet. We'd have to make some facility changes and. Um, I'm not there. I haven't jumped in with both feet. Yeah, that's that's the ca- that's the cautious side of you, right? Mm-hmm. So, what do you love about this business? What do you love most? Um, people, mm. marketing, uh, food. Mm. I love food. I love flowers. And what do you hate most? People. <laughs> Marketing. <laughs> Flowers. Uh, no. What do I hate most? Um, I, there's nothing I, you know, there's really nothing I hate. Everything that happens, you know, it's a problem and figure out how to deal with it. I mean, you're constantly problem solving, right? Well, and that's what Non-stop. all, I think that's what all business owners do. Right. You constantly problem solve. You know, that's your job mm-hmm. is to so- is to solve the problems. Yeah. And, and what you planned for the day maybe isn't what's going to happen because there's so many moving pieces and parts and people mm. and employees. So when I was thinking about this today, I was also thinking about many, 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 many years ago. It's like 1983. I was in San Francisco at a conference. I think it was a mass mutual conference. And that year, Stu Leonard's had been voted the number one... Um, Tom Peters, the guru, had 
decided that Stu Leonard's was the number one business in the country. And I remember watching this 20 minute or 15, 20 minute interview. And it was, it was Tom Peters with Stu Leonard Sr. And he's up in the glass looking down and they were the first to come out with the fish on the ice rather than the fish being wrapped and pick your own strawberries. Pick your own eggs. Right? All of that. And he was showing, you know, he said, okay, so over here they pick their own strawberries. And he said, people will pick three, four times the amount than if you have them wrapped in a thing and they take them with you. And the fish, he, the funniest thing I remember, he's like, the fish on the ice was the same fish wrapped in the cellophane, but they're buying more fish on the ice because they think it's fresher. But the one thing I remember about Stu Leonard's, um, and then I, we had, you heard Tommy Leonard when he came and spoke at the Family Business Center, right? His son. He said that they only had like four items on the shelf, right? Four tomato sauces, four uh, salad dressings. Limited skews, yeah. Limited, and they, and they also, every Saturday they had uh, customers, they had a breakfast club and, you know, customers would come in and do tasting and give them feedback and all that kind of thing. So I was thinking about, you know, is there a formula that Randall's has created over the years? Because when I go into your store, and look at how everything, you know, I'm being in marketing as well. I'm always looking at how you've got things set up and what's attractive to the eye and the choices that, that you give everybody. Well, we've, you know, you study the people that do it well, mm. like Stu Leonard, like the successful, the successful, gro <laughs> the successful grocery stores, you know, yeah. Stu Leonard, you know, you, you left out the, his number one uh, principle. Rule number one, the customer's always right. Rule number two, if the customer's wrong, reread rule number one. And, you know, we preach that. And yeah. customer satisfaction, you know, things, ha things have to look good. We're, we're in a, a world where everything has to be perfect. Uh, when we were farming, we used to sell the seconds, the things that were misshapen or uh, not so pretty. Um, people canned and froze them and wanted a bargain. Now everything has to be beautiful and perfect. Uh, food, uh, prepared food is huge. So all, yeah, you've we're, got the whole deli you know, section. We're, we're filling what the customer wants. You know, we're, we're based on what the customer asks for, what the customer wants. Um, I appeal. Mm -hmm. uh, I have, you know, my greenhouse manager, I call her my creative director. She, does all the outside uh, baskets. She does the marketing with me uh, as far as the, like TV things that we do. Yeah, all the commercials, um, yeah. The branding. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, one of my sisters, Anna, does all of the grocery buying. She follows the trends. We do a lot of gluten-free and allergy-sensitive um, things. We've developed that whole area. My sister, Tammy, is a registered dietitian. She spent her life in hospital food service and housekeeping. So she oversees the whole food service department. I have a wonderful chef uh, and a full kitchen staff, you know, many put cooks. put a hotel on the, yeah. on the other side of the property, mm. right? Yeah. <laughs> we'll feed you, we'll clothe you, we'll bathe you, <laughs> we'll serve you. <laughs> so so we, what, do you, you know. what do you see looking out now, right? Yeah, what do you see looking out into the future? What's trending now? What's what's exciting? What's trending now is is what's been trending for 20 years. And I didn't see it when I built the store 20 years ago. Prepared food. Um, 
people, people want convenience. Want convenience. Yeah. I mean, people, we make different dinners every night. People come in and shop by our menu that we put online. Wow. Um, that's probably, well, it's our biggest department by far now. Yep. 40, 50% of the business, which it, it has a tiny part of the square footage and it, it has wow. the, the majority of the business. I mean, we sell beer and wine. We yeah. have something, you know, you want to come in, we can sell you your whole dinner, uh, everything for your dinner party, decorate your house yeah. uh, with flowers. Yeah. You know, we, we can do that. Wow. Um, but what, what do I see? You know, I see more prepared food. Um, our biggest challenges are online shopping for food. Mm -hmm. um, do you do delivery? Home, we don't do home delivery. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. And that's, that's a challenge. Yeah. Drivers. Yeah. You know, it, it's a big challenge and expense. Yeah. You know, we're in Ludlow. Ludlow is a competitive environment yeah. as far, you know, people don't have the per capita income to take an additional cost for some of these things. Right. Um, we have a lot of daily customers and we have a lot of destination customers that it's a weekend destination or it's an event destination. Uh, you know, fall was never big for us. Now we have a corn maze and pumpkin picking. Fall is huge. Yep. Um, so, wow. you know, we have something for every season. We used to say, okay, we're looking for the down. Well, I can't wait for the downtime. But. Are there five seasons now? <laughs> Just five seasons. All right. So I have some favorite questions I ask everybody that is brave enough to sit where you're sitting. What's your favorite word? Yes. What's your least favorite word? No. What turns you on? Live music. Hmm. What turns you off? Negativity. What's your favorite curse word? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. What occupation other than yours would you absolutely love to do? I'd be a doctor. Really? What kind? Medical doctor mm. or, psych or a psychologist. Mm. Mm. Okay. What occupation other than yours would you absolutely hate to do? Uh, be a professional athlete. Any kind. Any kind. Any kind. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you enter? You did a good job. Nice. What's your favorite song? The Beatles. All you need is love. All you need is love. Oh, okay. We pausing for a second? You think, I don't have a quarter. You have a quarter? No, that's why I paused you and also I didn't know. I know, so I, I will. I was thinking rather than, we can do that. I can get the quarter. But yeah. I was going to say, you wanted to show her that and say, here's a little throw back and then we can play the music at the end of that. Yeah. If you want to do that. Yep, yep. It's not about this this morning. It's still in my office. I know. It's still on my wall. Before he came in and was having a meeting earlier, uh, she came in and left and finished the meeting. I turned and went, what happened to the picture? And everybody's laughing like, she took it. I went, oh, yes. I told her this morning to take it. Now, was the beginning before you introduced me? That wasn't part of it. We'll see. <laughs> It's evolved. It was a little too candid. It's evolved. Oh.
we'll go back to what's your favorite song. Are you want to do this? You can ask it again, yeah. Ask the yeah. favorite song and then... So, um, you, do you edit this? Yeah. yeah. I hope. <laughs> you won't need much editing, you guys. Yeah. So, are we at? Yeah, ready and go ahead. So I was thinking, uh, when I was thinking of you and me this morning, I remembered this ad that we did way back, my God, this is like 10 or 15 years old. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Probably 15 anyway. Oh, yeah. And I and I went looking for my Mr. Green Jeans outfit because I was going to do this interview as Mr. Green Jeans. And then my lovely bride reminded me, oh, that? I threw it out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I debated if I should wear my farmer clothes. <laughs> or your black suit. Because I remember what you always said about this when we did the ad. She said, you said, wow, I look really good in a suit. And I said, wow, I look really good as a farmer. <laughs> <laughs> that was so great in Business West. So your favorite song is The Beatles. All You Need Is Love. Well, here, put it in the jukebox. Okay. And we're going to sing All You Need Is Love together. Remember how it goes? All you need is love. All you need is love. Love. Love is all you need. 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 Signing off from Business and Booths at Center Square Grill. Please go visit Randall's Farm in Ludlow, Mass. They have it all. And what's the number one rule? The customer is always right. You're always right. See you next time. Thanks, Karen. All you need is love.